What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 12 of the Leadership in Black and White podcast with John Siebling and Wayne Francis. My name is Parker. Thanks for listening and watching today. Uh, we are honored to be joined by Pastor Chad Veach Ooh, today. Pastor go. Chad leads Zoe Church in Los Angeles, California mm-hmm. with his wife, Julia. Mm-hmm. He's an author, great communicator, and also hosts his own leadership podcast called The Leadership Lean In that is fantastic. Uh, excited to have him on today for a little interview action. And let me just open up the floor, say what's up to everybody. Hello, Pastor. Pastor John and Wayne, welcome, What's Pastor up? Chad. Thanks, Thanks for joining us. How's everybody so, doing? So twelve means is it? Is this our one year anniversary of doing? The- <laughs> is that right? <laughs> well, next month will be the one year anniversary because we'll finished one year. Of uh, I like it. Cool. So, how about that? So y'all are leadership in black and white. If I had a color, my leadership podcast would be leadership in brown. We in brown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is a light. Light shaded brown. <laughs> like, wait, are you white? No, I'm brown. <laughs> but you look white, but I'm brown. <laughs> well, we are That's recording right. this in the middle of our annual staff days where yes. all of our team from all over the country and world come in for a couple days of inspiration, refreshment, some dreaming, some fun. It's mm-hmm. always awesome. And Pastors Chad and Julia are here with us sharing with our team. Today was really great. Oh, and, it was uh, amazing. Got a, got a great it. service. Leadership of gold. Yeah, it was really Seriously good. Seriously crushed it. And so Pastor Chad, is getting in between sessions and jumping on a podcast with us. So we're going to do a little interview style, uh, bounce around a few different subjects, and I'll let Pastors John and Wayne sort of drive the interview. But before we jump into it, we always like to start with something light and something fun with our guests. So we're going to play Smart. a game like with it. you like called Loosen fill, you up a little fill bit. in the blank. Fill in the okay. blank. Really simple. I give you a prompt and you fill in the blank with the first thing that comes to mind. Ooh. There are no wrong answers. And right? we get to chip in. I like it. I yeah. like this. If we don't like the answer, we could right. say. We, this we is like a pastor when he's preaching. Just get a little joke. Again, little story, <laughs> right, little right, illustration. Right, right. I like it. Yeah. Yep. Okay. We get, to cri- we get to critique the preaching, yeah, right? Yeah, in, in the middle of it. In the yeah. middle of it. <laughs> All right, Pastor Chad, my favorite subject to preach on is blank. Grace. Grace. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's awesome. That's good. My favorite time of day is the morning, early Whoa. morning. The morning well, is I the would've... best time of day. You've been doing those. Uh, June challenge. June challenge, July, July challenge. challenge. So June was five. five. And I tell you, I've it, never been more productive in my whole life. Is that right? 5 a.m.? Because, yeah, my kid's getting up around 7, 10, 7, 15. So you I've, can I've exercise or do, you do whatever you want to do, yeah. Oh, gosh. By what the time, time do you go to bed then? Yeah, 9. Yeah, 8.45. A lot of times when I'm putting the kids to bed, I'm just going to bed with them. <laughs> it's like, but, but we're you all did going five, to bed. Jim was five, then you said, let me go. Yeah, let me go I on to six. Yeah, I six. And that was it's a little smart, bit man. more like reasonable. <laughs> that extra hour really counts. It makes a difference, though. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Especially yeah. at three in the afternoon. Exactly. The best place to travel in the world is... Memphis, Tennessee. <laughs> <laughs> Memphis, Tennessee. Oh, <laughs> Getting so close to the mic. Central barbecue. <laughs> barbecue. Uh, something I think is a little overrated is... Man, uh, I think what something that's overrated is I was going to say the shoe culture because I just came from the Nike yeah. uh, uh, factory and I'm like, people go crazy over these shoes. It really is the currency of our culture. Right. That's true. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, wow, yeah. guys. Yeah. People are going nuts in this store because there was a drop today. Ah, you're at the employee store too. The employee which is- store. So whatever dropped today, my wife is like, we're getting these. And what I was, were they? What dropped today? It was a Jordan. It was like, oh, okay, a, okay. But, but I go, I don't want these. No, we're not getting. She's like, no, we're getting. These. They dropped. They dropped. Everybody's yeah. getting these. And I was like, we need to calm down here. <laughs> wow, these are shoes, people. Yes, yeah, it's, uh, it's. I get it. I yeah, get yeah. it. But it's a little bit. People Od. Are, 
It's a little bit much. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Okay, this is a hard one, but if I could put any phrase on a billboard, it would be... Ooh, if you don't quit, you win. Michael, that's awesome. That's good. Just All keep right. going. The Let's best go. book I've read in the last year is... Atomic Habits. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. So, have you, watched, have you read it? James no, Clear? but you know, Johnny keeps posting about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Johnny Hill keeps talking about it. I started it, I think it, he said it's his second it. time of reading it. I Give started us the it, but I didn't What's finish the, uh, it, which means I need he a better w, habit. You know, we, and we've heard Chris say this for a long time. Chris Hodges, you know, um, he would say systems, but James Clear says, you don't rise to the level of your goals, you fall to the level of your systems. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. So, he's all about just creating daily habits. Got I it. used a quote from him earlier today when I said, you know, intensity makes for a great story but consistency makes that for was, great progress yeah that, that was, was great amazing. that's his that whole down. thing I thought you created that no no so. come on <laughs> God gave you eyes plagiarized <laughs> that's not a problem for a lot of people by the way <laughs> what, is, what, is, what is it the first time I use it I'll, I'll use you as a source yeah, yeah. but the second time it's mine yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just stopped you using that was a great quote time. by the way it was amazing that's but, awesome. I, but I, I liked him because he's very practical gives us great handles on how to create um, habits but also the incentive Behind okay. uh, a very productive life. It's the habits. Yeah, yep. that's fantastic. Okay, a couple more. If I could choose one team to win a championship in their sport, I would choose? I would choose the Lakers because I feel like the one that we did win in the bubble, mm-hmm. it's a fluky. Mm-hmm. It's a weirdy. It's a weirdo. Yeah. You know, just it's an like, asterisk. It's an asterisk, kind of. Feels like that, you know. It, we never even got to have a parade. Yeah. Think about the Dodgers and the Lakers win uh, World wow. Series and an NBA championship. Fan. We never have a, a parade. Fascinating. So I just feel like it would be cool for the city, mm. the city yeah, to, get to experience that. You know right. what Milwaukee just experienced. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. It would be cool for LA. Right. Yeah. Okay. Last one. If I had to describe my style in one word, it would be old man. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm getting old, man. Oh, man. What do you mean? I'm wearing Dickies. Like, oh, what? We up in here Dickies. We got a Dickie yeah, spirit yeah, today. Yeah, this, yeah. this is definitely going down. It's old. But if you do go to bed at 9 o'clock, I think that's kind of old. Yeah. You know, it's like the <laughs> no, clothes that I wear are the clothes that are given to me or that my wife purchases. Really? But you look that's cool a all the time. That's true. No, no, I don't, I don't believe that. I, I don't even shop. Even if you don't shop, you're still cool. You know, I you appreciate cool. it. But like she she got these pants. Somebody gave me these shoes. She bought this shirt. I just wear what, you, you know. just put it together. Just put it, try to put it together. That's fantastic. There you go. <laughs> all right. Let's well, we've go. got some different questions we're going to jump into. And let's start just talking about, about church and I'll kind of lead us off. What is hmm. church looking like right now on the West Coast? Zoe Church? Seven years old. Uh, five there? years old. Five, five years, years old. old. About to be six okay. uh, wow. this next month. Wow. Congratulations. Uh, yeah, so fun. And it's it's starting to open up where we are. It's starting to, you know, mm-hmm. it's kind of crazy. A lot of churches wait until the fall um, in L.A. Mm-hmm. Like, so this, like, like this fall. Yeah, they're going to open. Right. So like Mosaic uh, Irwin, who yeah. I adore, right. he was about to open two weeks ago. And then they implemented, you have to wear masks inside mm-hmm. yeah. again mm-hmm. for our county, L.A. County. Uh, the sheriff of our county contradicted that and said, we're not going to enforce it. We're not going to enforce it. Yeah, yeah so I saw that. So you yeah. got, you know, conflicting reports there. But they were going to open for the first time in 18 months and then stopped it. Wow. And they'll wait till the fall. Albert Tate, a good friend of mine, he yeah. hasn't opened yet. Number of churches still in our city have yet to open. Tons of them. And um, so it's just an interesting landscape. Yep. And then you go down 30, 40 minutes to Orange County, and that you could be in Georgia. Orange it's just County wide is, open. Right, right. Yeah, it's, open. Yeah, it's wide yeah. open. So L.A. is its own unique um, space, mm-hmm. and you just try and crack your code and, and, and work, work the cards that you're dealt. What is the, what's your sense on um, the future? And, you know, 
Everybody's asking that question. We've, yeah. we've come out of, I mean, in my lifetime, our lifetime, the most significant event right, right. that's impacted. I mean, we were we were closed completely for 17 weeks. You yep. guys were longer than that. Yep. You guys were longer. Right. I mean, in California, longer than New York, longer. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, that's going to change some things. Yes. That's going to shake some things. I just wonder what your, what is, what is your sense? You travel a lot. You're connected. What's your sense of what yeah. the, what, I you really, know? I really listen and and follow uh, Kerry Newhoff. I don't know if you yeah, read a lot sure. of his yeah, articles. A lot of people I think do, yep. he's got his pulse on a lot of things. Mm-hmm. I think one of the things that I think I agree with the most of what he said is that the metrics have changed. Right. right. So forever growing up, what have we always measured? You know, yeah, attendance. Like, attendance. How, many, attendance. How many people are in the building? You right. know, people in seats. And the metrics have changed. I think that if you can't change with the metrics game. You'll, you'll have an antiquated method. Uh-huh. Right. And so I think it's really important for us to ab- embrace this new opportunity, which is a digital culture. And we see churches that have done that for years. They were set up. Yep. Elevation. Yeah, elevation. Yeah. They were. I remember Furtick told totally. me before COVID, our largest campus is online. So we staff it, we resource it, right. we, we embed, we create a tribal, you know, uniform out of that. Yeah. You know, yeah. so, yeah, yeah. and you see it pay off. In COVID, the reality is the strong got stronger. Yep. And the weak got weaker. That's what we you said. That. You said That's what that we said. The guys, yeah. that, the guys that went in with momentum <laughs> yeah. got stronger. Yeah. yeah. Somehow, and the guys that were struggling going in, um, Got you know got got weaker. Yeah, so I think you know we definitely, in some regards, you could say we got weaker, in, in terms of you know we had a volunteer base. Uh, you know we are running three locations in LA when we shut down. You're running you know five to six hundred volunteers a Sunday. Right now you're not even running hundred and fifty to two hundred volunteers mm-hmm. on a Sunday between just a couple services. Right. Where did the rest of those people go? Yep. They're littered all across the world for our unique context. Sure. But my thing is, um, when your culture is strong and your mission is strong mm-hmm. and your identity, your tribal identity is strong, yeah. I'm not concerned. Yeah. Right. And then what about the income? Yeah, that we, we've, never, we've never had more money. That's well, what's strange. It's strange. crazy. I think, I think personally, we've, and I'm talking to everybody about this, it's the principle of the core. We're always supporting the whole thing anyway. Right. Yeah, so you're it. down to your core, and yep. the money's the same because they're because the ones they're that, there. Yep. And they're they're back. All all typically uh, churches that had strong volunteer culture, most of the volunteers are back, are coming back. Yeah. Are, yeah. Are back, and yep. they 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 never stopped giving. Then you added to that, so it's like our income went up, and yeah. You know, but we're not the s- still the same attendance wise. So that's where your metrics are completely off because yeah. maybe half or sixty percent of your attendance, but your income's higher. Yeah, your right. per person giving is. Do you feel optimistic crazy. though about the return of people into traditional buildings and settings like that? Well, I think that you know the behavior of the user, to use a tech term, mm. uh, the behavior of the church attender has been changing for years. Right. I was growing up, it's one out of every four weeks, right? Mm-hmm. I would say probably going into COVID, it was probably closer in most areas of the country, one out of every eight weeks. Yep. Okay? Now what is it? Now I think you're going to see some of your core people only come, let's say, twice a quarter. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's going to be something that happens to people as they stay connected yeah. digitally. Are they mad at you? No. Do they feel disconnected? Not at all. We have to change our our mindset of really keeping these people um, 
feeling embraced. Yeah, and, not, and you know, I always think about Acts. Okay, so in Acts, they weren't one or the other; they were both. They were in the house and the and the temple. Right. So how do we convince people right. that you're not bad if you're going to church at home this Sunday? Yep. I think that if we try and shame people back in the house, God, it's not going to work. Yeah. You know, because I think some people this is now their lifestyle. And it's only the way of the future as we become even right. more in a digital age. Right. Well, back in the day, in Jesus' day, in the Jewish culture, you, your church was your home. Yeah. 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 And uh, you went to synagogue once in a while, and you went to the temple three times a year. It's just a totally different. I'm not advocating that, by the way. Right. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, I, was talking I think it's an interesting thing. I was talking to a friend of mine, um, Tim Lucas. Shout out Tim Lucas in the Northeast New Jersey, Pastors Liquid Church. And he was talking about the pandemic and had a good analogy about, you know, when astronauts go to outer space, they lose their muscle, at, their muscles start to atrophy because it's out of the gravitational pull of the earth. But when they come back in, you saw a Sandra Bullock movie? What was that movie? Gravity? Yeah, 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 was yeah. coming back and she's like, oh, 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 yeah. faces <laughs> off. He was like, that's what it's like coming back into just the world. It's like yeah. everybody's muscles just got out of shape. And yeah, it's yeah. like we're coming back into this atmosphere. And he said that astronauts take about two years to build their muscles back up. Mm, interesting. Yeah, it was a really fascinating conversation. Mm. What is your church looking like now? Today in our staff days, you mentioned... Mm. It's a new church. I think it's the same thing for me. I mean, people be showing up at my church. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know who you are yeah. or whatever. Totally but right. yeah, here has the demography changed? Has the age group changed? Mm. What, what is it? Yeah, what does it look like? That's a great question. I, I feel like um, a lot of. I mean, I joined Zoe Church in the middle of, <laughs> in the, middle of the pandemic. I'm on your team. A lot of it is the same. What did you give? <laughs> I haven't been back in person yet. Yeah, 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 yeah. But when I do, Pastor. <laughs> But when I do, Pastor. <laughs> so, so, anyways, and I want to know about race, too. Right. You, you, that, that would be the first thing that jumped out when you asked the question. Sorry, there's two things I thought immediately. Number one is the age is the same. We're a young church. Yep. Uh, second is we have more African Americans in our church than we ever have before. Really? And I, 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 um, I can't figure out why, other than most black churches in our city stay uh, closed. That's they haven't opened that's yet. That's true. Yep. They, they haven't opened. You know, Bishop mm. Ulmer was closed. Mm-hmm. Bishop Blake was closed. Wow. Um, one Church LA, shout out to Torre and Sarah. I, I don't believe they've opened yet. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm going, wow. You know, that something that was for us in June, I feel like we got killed from both sides. Yeah, yep. right. White people saying, you're doing way too much. You're saying too much. Stop. Yep. yep. You know, all the, all the money. Yeah. Trying to bully you. Yeah. Right. And then younger black kids, it's not enough. Yeah. Right. You're it, not yeah. saying enough. Aggressive, right. Yep. It's unquenchable. Yep. Mm. You know, so um, it, you, know, you have so many feelings about that last June. I'm pleasantly surprised mm. to see. It's beautiful. Um, yeah, that, 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 that has been the thing that stands out to me the most is, wow, it's, it's much more diverse than we've ever been. Well, let's talk about the racial tension side of things. You mentioned June. June was a no-win for anybody, right? Yeah. We survived June, June, mm-hmm. July, the summer. It was mm-hmm. brutal. Coming out of it, what have you learned? What, what, you know, what kind of what's your—I mean, we all have a little twitch probably yeah. uh, to a certain degree, but, um, you know, some of that racial tension, mm-hmm. you know— what do you what do you think you've learned? What do you think you're uh, you're feeling going forward? I think one of the best one of the things we did last year in the midst of it was we um, we brought in a guest every week to mm. speak to the church, mm. and um, 
Earl came. Uh, oh, love Earl. Shout out Earl. In the, in the Shout middle Earl. of that? Yeah, in the yeah. middle of that helped us. Were you um, doing like a... Uh, it was virtual? Uh, yeah, virtual. So yeah, get, we weren't meeting, so yeah, we just... Got yeah. him in the studio and, and... Yeah, we just went live. Right. And, and, and um, some, of, some of the African-American people in our church, that I, I felt were good voices for us, sure. voices of reason. But one of the best, I thought, was Prop. I don't know if you know I Propaganda. Know prop. Yeah, Prop's he's just so Jesus, good. He's, still, he's genius. He's genius. Is he in your church? Uh, he, no, he doesn't he's attend in our Cali, church. Though. But yeah, he's, he lives in okay. Boyle Heights, so he's East L.A. He's married to a Hispanic lady. He's, he's brilliant. brilliant. Like, he's legit. 100%. Yo, shout brilliant. out Prop. Yeah. Wow. Shout out. He's a poet. But one and of the rapper. best illustrations that he gave us, because I asked him, what do we do as a church? Yeah. And he said, well, I can't give you, like, ABC. Yeah, he said it's like your marriage. You know, you're always kind of watching your spouse, mm. listening. Okay, let's not. Oh, don't touch. Go there. You know, let's. Okay, let's buy. You know, and he said that's what you need to do in this city of L.A. is yeah. just lean in, right. tune in, um, listen, understand, see what moves you need to make. Uh-huh. And so that for me has it stood out to me, and something I've tried to really apply. It's relational. Yeah, and it's, it's the seasonal thing. Like I feel like you know Wayne and I've talked a lot about this, that you know Solomon is that famous. You know, it's, there's, a, there's a time for everything under the sun. Yeah. Mm. Sometimes you just need to mourn and grieve yeah. and yeah, be sad. Yeah. That's yeah. true. You know, we want to try to fix it you or gotta, let's yeah. put a, let's put a plan into place. Let's implement this. Yeah. And you and I have talked a lot about sometimes we just got to listen and, and cry and w- with the person and not try to give those answers. Some, and because sometimes you know you you're just giving these trite answers yeah. that don't. They just don't land. I know? feel like one of the embarrassing things about last June for me was the church, and I'll say me. I was so late to the conversation. Hmm. So you know, last June everybody's like a much needed conversation. Right, right. Yeah, bro. <laughs> Five years ago. Right. Ten yeah. years ago, this was a much yeah. needed conversation. Right. So we were all so late, and I felt I was embarrassed by that. So I find myself now in the flow of preaching, leading, staff, volunteers, Sundays, uh, addressing racism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and, yeah. And making it, you know, I was preaching at a church on Sunday in uh, Johnson City, Tennessee, and I was talking about the, the point I was making was a creepy Christian to me is someone that's vertical and never goes horizontal. Right. Mm-hmm. So I was using the example in Johnson City, Tennessee. It's like someone that loves God and is racist. And you feel the chuckle. <laughs> Did you say it just like that? Too? Just racist. like that. And racist. <laughs> that makes no sense. And he's like, oh, God. <laughs> because I feel like it is something we can't let go away. Yeah. We can't let it be like, oh, we're back to normal. We're not. Oh, 100%. And in no, any no. moment, Another Something shooting, another like victim, another yep. what Breonna that, Taylor. What was that thing you sent me? That, uh, yeah, Rich Velotis um, uh, had an Instagram post that said, hey, a lot of pastors thought that they dealt with the racism issue, not realizing that Jesus talked about demons that are exercised come back with the force of seven man, more. So he's like, hey, if you think this is over, get you need to be having continual yeah, yeah totally. convos about it. So what's one thing in your church that you've done post-pandemic that you think would be useful for other leaders that might be listening Great question. right now? That's so good. I think the best thing that we did out of COVID, um, it, this is somebody else's play that we ran, uh, was we started to meet every other Wednesday morning with our kingdom builders virtually, hmm. just on Zoom. Mm. So every uh, every other Wednesday morning at eight thirty in the morning, 
Uh, it's a 30-minute Zoom. Uh, we get on there. I, well, as it turns on, they, you know, I'm welcoming. Hey, everybody, You're welcome. On. Come on, let's go. Not going to waste any time, let's right? Let's go. Da, 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 da. It's just, they're on, they're on, they're on. All right, here we go. Boom. I'm giving a 10-minute three. A kingdom builder is this. Uh, yeah. The world That's of the generous is this. That's really 10 good. minutes right there. Boom, 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 boom. I'm making them laugh. I'm trying to connect. Yep. I'm shouting them out, blah, blah, blah. And then I'm like, I'm throwing it to one of our staff that mm-hmm. sharp. Tell us what's going on. They're giving us a financial update. And then what I have uh, planned is one of them to share. Mm. Love it. So they're hearing from their peers. Great. Love that. That's a great idea. And, and what, what happened was in the pandemic, we started to understand, first of all, probably 10 of our top 20 givers left L.A. Hmm. Mm. Yeah, you had that. Mm. You had that California Exodus. migration. They in right? Boise, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or Nashville, or Wyoming, or mm. Austin, yeah. Texas, yeah. Austin, right. or Austin. anywhere but LA. Mm-hmm. Some of them stayed, but not all. But what happened was a lot of these people from outside of the city of LA are now there. Mm-hmm. So mm. I started using this as this is their connecting point. This is their small group, right? So we're, hey, I'm throwing you so-and-so in Fresno. I'm throwing you so-and-so in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I'm so you're in Rhode Island. And now this, these, this group of people that wow. would have been disconnected is really in the heart and soul of the church. Yeah, um, brilliant. So that was, the, for that's, us, I think, the best thing. That's super smart. That's great. Yeah, I love awesome. that. That's great. Let, let's shift the conversation, talk a little bit more, you know, just about your life and your leadership yeah. and some of the unique things that I think you 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 display in your leadership one of them i think we want to talk about is just you carry yourself with so much joy i know pastor john he seems like such an introvert yeah right yeah just yeah man just hate hate people man (laughs) you just always have a lot of life a lot lot of laughter are there any tips you could give to anybody that's listening on how to be joyful no matter the circumstances i love that that's a great question question. it's true that's a testimony of your life well i think you know I'm trying to teach my boys this yesterday. We're in an airport, you know, a lot of hours. But I was just telling my guys, like, your attitude is a decision. I really believe that. I really am convinced. I think some people are born happy, of course. We all are dealt with our own, Mm -hmm. you know, unique makeup and our genetic makeup. Mm -hmm. You know, all of it, you know, is a real reality. But I'm convinced that your attitude is a decision. Mm -hmm. So I can get cranky. I can get hangry. I can get upset. I'm I'm an intense (laughs) individual, to be honest. I'm wired to be driven, to achieve. So I don't want to make it feel like I'm always just happy. I'm not always, you know, I want to get stuff done and uh, climb the (laughs) hill. And, you know, so there's that part of it that's a real reality. But I think overall, if you want to be happy, I think you have to be very, intentional about your lifestyle Hmm. rest Mm -hmm. quiet time i need a lot of time by myself that's why i do love those morning hours right because so then i'm then i'm good to right it's that whole saying like preparation brings forth freedom so when i'm prepared i'm free to laugh it's great it's that margin principle it's that margin principle totally so I think the best advice i can give somebody that wants to be joyful is you need to figure out what makes you tick, makes mm-hmm. you work at... That's what I was talking about, those MITs. Yeah. yeah. Those are huge. That's great. Talk about it. Yeah. Most important tasks. They say every person has three tasks they do every day to operate at their best. Hmm. So you got to figure out what are your most important tasks. I know for me, I have to get up early in the morning before everybody else. Yeah. I need to read my Bible and do my devotions, mm-hmm. and I need a good 45 minutes to work my to-do list and my inbox. Mm. Okay. 
So I read, you know, everything in the morning. Huffington Post, CNN, Fox News, you know, all the all that stuff. I right. get, get caught up on all my news, all my bank accounts, all my yeah. investments, all everything I'm doing, yeah. all my emails, all my to-do. If I get all that done, mm-hmm. I can mess with any of my kids. Yeah. Right. I can handle anything. <laughs> right, yeah. right, right. But if if I don't have that, mm. I'm on edge. Yeah. Mm. You know, yeah. get, trying to get shoe shoeing them. Yeah. What's your what is your daily weekly schedule ish? Do y'all have an office you go to? Do yeah, you work we have out an office. Home? Yeah, we we work in the office Monday through Thursday. Okay. Fridays are off. Yeah. Saturdays supposed to be off. I'm kind of. Robert Morris told me this the other day, and I go, "Gosh, maybe I should do that." He said, "Forever he has taken Friday and Monday off." Yeah. He said because Saturday is a prep day. It's work. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're work. thinking about. If you're, you know, we have a Saturday night service, so halfway through the day we're engaging. But if you don't have a Saturday night service and you're speaking on Sunday, you're working, right? You're I mean, working. you're thinking about the message. It's so not, uh, it's almost I'm, I'm th- considering doing shifting that it. Yeah. to Friday and Monday because right now you know it's it's cheating a little. But bit. do you go to the office on Saturday or no during the week? Yeah, Monday through you go Thursday. Oh yeah, I go. You're I go there. Monday Tuesday the most. Okay. I mean Monday morning to night Tuesday. We do staff on Tuesday. Yeah. Okay. Wednesday, we'll see. Yep. My dad is, he, you know, he's brilliant with little lines like this. He used to always say, an office pastor is no good for the people. So what he, what he, what he was saying is, you can't be in the office too much. All day, every you can't, day. Right. You can't. Right. Not if you're speaking. Because this is a people business, right. too. Yeah. Right. So there's the content side that I would like to focus on Wednesday. But I need a day where I can go. I meet with people on, oh, Thursday. That's what I do. So if you want to meet, yeah, we, but I can't meet on Monday and Tuesday. Right. Right. And I'm probably not going to meet with you Wednesday. But Thursday, we can do a breakfast here, a lunch there, a dinner yeah. here. A di- right. You know. There you go. Yeah. Right. Love that. So um, you talked a little bit about stewardship today, and I think God has blessed you in a lot of ways to steward influence, to steward being with people of influence in our culture and so on. Um, For all of our listeners, some people are are in the marketplace, some people are uh, leaders in uh, churches and so on. How do you how do you manage your your and steward your influence in a way that how your worlds intersect? You've been able to hold that in such good balance Mm -hmm. with integrity and character and all all of that. Well, thank you. I, I, I think, you know, as you asked that question, a, a Shelly Giglio story comes to mind. Years ago, I, I wanted to invite a worship leader to come to our church. And so I know Shelly knows this person. So I text Shelly. I said, hey, I really want to invite so-and-so uh, to, to come minister at our church. Can I get their number? And she said, hey, how you doing? Great to hear from you. Um, no, I won't give you this person's number. It's been my value for over 30 years in ministry. I don't give away phone numbers. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's a pretty strong text. But I can tell you why they have such a big world. Because the people in their world are protected. Mm. Yeah. So I always think influence is such a big deal. Wow. I don't ever want to minimize. Right. Because influence, if you think about your influence, think about your any of our influence, you really can't measure it. Right. right. You can't boil it down right. to a following. Sure. Right. It, 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 it's far bigger. And how do you gain more influence? I, it's stewardship. It's like money. Taking how, care of what It's you taking have. care of these relationships. As the guy's talking about today, leverage and monetize. I'm like, oh, my gosh. I, the, right. Leverage my relationships. Yeah. Right. That's, monetize yeah. my. It's a violation for us. And for us, yeah. we're here to, we're like cops. We serve and protect, baby. Right, That's right, all we do. Right. Yeah. So I think um, <laughs> anybody that isn't aware of their influence I think ultimately loses it. Wow. Because 
influence is a stewardship issue. Mm. Yeah. You have to steward it. We're, we're all in the trust game and we don't even realize it. It's true. Yeah. I'm either building more trust with people or, or you're losing. It. You're and right. no one's walking up to you going, trust you. And no one's walking up. Nobody's walking up and saying, stop trusting you. You know, it's funny. I heard John Maxwell say a long time ago that you leadership and what we do, you commit to go on a journey together. Yeah. Yeah. And the journey gets better when you, you, the journey gets better when trust is the foundation. Uh-huh. You know, like, and, but, but the d- journey gets rough when you start losing trust. Yeah. You yeah. Know? I mean, that's it. Think about that. That's know? it. And I, I think, um, you know, I've, I've just, of course, we all learn through failure. Yeah. We all learn through mistakes. Mistakes of not, you know, it's like, man, I just went to my father's um, uh, retirement party. My father just retired from the ministry. He retired, kind of. He retired his position yeah. for the denomination right. he worked for, right. but he's still in the ministry. Yeah. So, but, but my basketball coach from high school, yeah. who my parents have been friends with forever, was at this thing. And so, you know, it was my high school basketball coach. I'm coming to coach, you know. I, got, I mean, right. I got memories with this guy. Of course. His son, you know, in our same grade, we played together. And, and so I told my dad afterwards, man, Coach Stone was there. Da, da, da. He yeah. said, you know, he's mad at you. <laughs> coach Stone's mad at me. I haven't seen him in, you know, how many years. I wrote about him in my first book. Huh. And I didn't write about him in a glowing way. And I kind of used him in a way to illustrate that he would yell at me uh. and use my name. And he's so proud of me, I didn't realize it affected him and it hurt him. Interesting. Wow. And here I am thinking, as my basketball coach, I'm trying to make a funny illustration. Right. I put this in print, he buys my book. Mm. He's excited as one of his players. And I just think, gosh, help mm. me, Jesus. Wow. Influences that thing. Yeah. You have it, you better steward it. Did you repair that? Did you? You know what I'm thinking? Are you trying to figure out how to do it? I I have an idea. Mm -hmm. In fact, I just thought about this. Today is what, Tuesday? Sunday morning I thought of this. The the memory of of my dad telling me this. I'm going to write a whole blog on this. A leadership email on this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of the mistake I made. Mm. Because I feel awful. Right. And so I think, you know, influences that thing. It's like Drew Brees. Think about, think about, this is a great leadership podcast, black and white. Think about Drew Brees. Sits down and makes a mistake Mm -hmm. and offends all of his teammates. Yep. And the next morning gets on Instagram and says, I am so sorry. Yep. What is he saying? I'm aware of my influence. Yeah. Yep. His wife was crying on the, I think on the Instagram. I can't remember all the details. They, they, they. They took it. Let me ask you a question. You think yeah. he lost influence? No. He gained it. Right. Because it will wake you up sometimes of going, my platform matters. Yeah. Right. I'm my microphone. And everybody makes mistakes. Everybody. True. Um, Louis Giglio, the next day, standing there going, I just. Right, right. I yeah. am so sorry. Right. I, 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 I am so sorry. And, and, and I think God breathes on that. You said it earlier today. He breathes on the humble. Yeah. So yeah, I think influence, too. it's a tension. We were talking about that today. The tension of not taking yourself too serious because I want to laugh at myself. Of course. But also being very like aware. Paul's like, hey, I can't boast about you guys. You're outside of my influence. Yeah. Uh-huh. I only boast about the influence I have. Mm. Yeah. That's yeah, that's powerful. I steward that. How about oh. negativity? Let's talk for a minute about that. You know, criticism. You're not talking about these kind of mistakes, but when you, when, you know, critics and people that, you know, obviously you're, platform, the larger it is, the more you draw criticism. Yep. Um, how do you deal with it? What's your... 
just listen to this guy. Uh, we brought him into our staff. You, you, you would love him. Um, he, he, brilliant guy. His name's Colin Henderson. He talks about mastering your mindset. That's his whole. Mm. He, he, he's got great thoughts. You know, like we all, um, once we have an injury, we rehab. He said, but how come no one mentally prehabs? Wow. Whoa. Yeah. He said, we all exercise, but how come we don't exercise? My goodness. Mommy. Talks about how, you know, Russell Wilson or Serena Williams, LeBron before a game, yeah. Russell walks up and down the field and says, I was born for today. This is my, I am great. Wow. Talking yourself into greatness. Mm-hmm. But one of the great things he said about criticism, he said, you know, think about the average person thinks ne- 40,000 negative thoughts a right. day. Right. Yeah. 40,000 negative thoughts a day. Man, I've never heard that. Think yeah. about that. Yeah. We're drawn to negativity. Mm-hmm. Yep. What is it for like every eight, uh, for every one negative comment, you need to hear eight positive ones? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when someone says something about your book or your preaching or your leadership or your <laughs> racist or whatever, your outfit, your shoes. Right. Kind of messes with you. You seize, you seize on that. Yeah, you like, focus yeah. on, you rehearse you do, that. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're all humans. We all do that. So I think I've had to, at times, take breaks from social media, mm-hmm. let the team run it. I'm too susceptible. I'm too vol- I'm too sensitive right now. Yeah, it's interesting that that happens. You feel yourself a little oversensitized, to, mm-hmm. and I don't know where that comes. Sometimes it's just a season. You just feel sometimes like I'm getting pummeled. I'm getting attacked. Yeah. I'm getting crushed. You know, if you're not careful, nobody likes me. Everybody hates me. Right. So go, you weren't. And it's not true, but you feel that way. Yep. Sure. So I think um, criticism is something that is very unavoidable. Um, it's just, it's just going to happen. If you're going to be a leader, you're going to be heavily criticized. What about these guys that get on social media and they argue back with the person that... Clapping that back posts. in the comments. Yeah. And <laughs> it's interesting. I mean, I've got a, a good friend that I... Saw the other day, he's going arguing back and forth with the you person. Serious? Yeah, I'm thinking, what is he doing? Because I always think of the proverb, right? If you engage a fool, mm. right? Because it's a fool that would do that. It, like seems, the it seems extremely foolish because you're going after people that are. That's what they want more than anything else in the world. That's Listen, what, I had three older sisters growing up, and they, you know, people say, "Well, you baby." No, I was. And my mom used to always say, act like it doesn't bother you and they'll stop. Mm. And it worked every time. And, uh, you know, it's that fake it till you make it sometimes. So you act like it's not bothering you. And keep it moving. It's, you know. I also think that with, you know, being criticized as a leader, you need people where you can be honest with and talk about how much this is affecting you. Mm. Yeah. You know, how much, you know, you know. I think last year, here you go through four pandemics, not one, let's be honest, four pandemics, financial, health, race, political. Right. Wow. Okay. Out of the four pandemics, what affected you the most? It was not these four realities. It was the relationships mm-hmm. wow. attached true. to these four realities. That's true. That's Whenever true. you are a leader that, that has relational loss. Yeah. That's what really starts that's to good. increase that's you, really good, cripple you, hurt you. You know, you just question your life, your relationships. So I think you need safe people to process your true feeling. And a lot of times your spouse might not be able to handle that. Yeah, you know, true. Yeah. It, you know, you set the tone of your home as a leader. So you have to be very careful, I think. Um, and you need to surround yourself around people. You could be like, hey, I'm hurt. Yeah. Right. It's okay to say that. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Let's uh, move and shift into one more subject, just a little bit about communication. You're a great communicator. What is your mm. process mm. like for preparing messages? Um, well, don't you love it? Preparing? 
It depends on the week. Mm. <laughs> Wayne does. No, I'm just Do you kidding. like it? <laughs> I, I love communicating. So I'm, I feel like everything is always preaching. Something is always alive. Yeah. So I love it. Yeah. You like, but do you love the process? Like, mm-hmm. to me, to me, writing a message is like writing a song. Oh, it feels hard to you. No, it feels like it feels like you need like, to be inspired. Th- yeah, like th- like let's let's let, you know. You have r- to be in the mood. You have to. Is that what you mean? Like, no, it's like it's like okay. What's the subject? Let's let's choose a subject right now. Okay, let's, let's grace. Say, grace. Okay, let's do grace. Okay, so we're gonna climb the the mountain of grace. We're gonna write something about grace. Yeah. So the first thing I do is say, well, okay, I want you to preach on grace today. The first thing I would do is write down everything I know about grace. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm on a brain dump. The second thing I do is I would go to a, a section I write is called scriptures. Now, what's every verse that I know? There you go. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Now that I've got a brain dump and some scriptures, out of the scriptures, is there a story mm-hmm. or, or, or a one scripture? I go, that's the one. Mm-hmm. Now, because now I'm on a quest. I'm re- I'm a researcher. I'm yeah. an investigator now. Yep. I'm trying to prove the yeah. reality of this thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 so yeah. now I go to Logos Bible Software. What do you? What did the? What's Matthew Henry say about this? Mm-hmm. You know. And so we're now. We're, yep. And then I made a decision years ago where I said I'm not going to stand in the pulpit alone. Hmm. So I have two older doctors that help me. I do my due diligence now. Once I've got my my scripture, my main points, you know, uh, a direction. I shoot it off to them, and I go, "What am I missing?" That's awesome. Every every message. Every message. I, I refuse to stand in the pulpit alone now. Wow. And these are, you know, I always feel like you, if especially if you're a young preacher, you got to find some old preachers because they got so much. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm telling you, they got stuff that I'm like. I right, know. Right. That yeah. one line, yeah. I'm hanging on to. They've been preaching on grace for 50 years. 50 yeah. years. Yep. Right? What do I know? Right. So, yeah. uh, and one of them still has a little bit of law in them, so i got to be careful. <laughs> this one's got a lot of grace. I like the way you said that, though. <laughs> so i got to filter through. But then I can come up with points. <laughs> so I always think, get your, get your, get your, your big boulders first. Yeah. yeah. Then we can decorate it later. Love that. And the decoration to me is the illustration. So years ago, when I first started preaching, every Tuesday I go to Longo Toyota. It's a Toyota dealership in in the city I worked in. And I listened to a guy, Wayne Cordero, I was talking about him today. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you ever heard him preach? Yeah. Oh. I think I've heard videos. This guy is crazy. So I'd study his preaching, and I developed a key out of the way he communicated. So I go, okay, there's a quotable quote. There's a word picture. That's a big picture. That's a theology. Theology. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's a story out of someone mm-hmm. else's life. That's a that's a story out of his life. Yeah. He used a movie there. He used lyrics there. He used culture there. He used history there. He used statistics there. And I made a key to go. Oh. And when you create your points, don't just use the same yeah. tactic every yeah. time. Yeah, that's good. That's cool. Because there's so many ways to make a right, point come to right, life. Right, right, right. So I try to do that last. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. That's cool. That's great. Yeah, that's good. Um, what about fun and laughter? You have a lot of laughter. I feel like a lot of life. Is that something that flows out of you naturally, or is that something that you plan for? And, and, and like you said, decorate the message. In the message you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, mm. like in a, in a message. Oh, okay. I think you know. I, I mean, I did youth for 15, you know, yep. 15 years. It's like when you're preaching to youth, you you, you, you better be you fun. better be moving. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, so I still have that kind of like you better keep it. If you it, don't, it feels like when you're communicating to me, you're just you're just. Yeah, you're, you're hit, alive. Yep. Whatever, whatever hit in your mind, you're throwing it out yep. rather than pre-prepared yep. uh, yeah. funny moments. I think that y- y- there is a sense of our world 
that you are in constant improv. Yeah. Right. You're in constant improv. Yeah. Constant. But you're a really great storyteller because you know how to bring it back. So several times that you brought it back, like the guy that was over there in the corner, you're like, oh, it's seven. Da, da. So you created a character that you could keep going back to, and that was brilliant. I right? always think that's what I love about Jensen, right? right? Jen- it's, yeah, it's, it, yeah, I would say it's context, right? Yeah. He like, came in and he read the room and, and then knew just what kept we were kind of, yeah. whatever happened yesterday the receipts, and staff days you know, and like, the receipts. You know, all that stuff, it was yeah, great. Yeah. Sorry, go that's ahead. Why, well, that's why I always go, you know, like whenever you go preach somewhere and they're like, do you want to stay in the back during worship or do you want to come out? I'm like, get me out there. Mm-hmm. Right. Because I got to feel this thing, see it. I got to, what can I use? Sure, What's yeah. going sure, on? Sure, you know? yeah, 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 yeah. And, and I, but, I, but like, I, I love Jensen. You know where they call Jensen the Prince of, Prince mm-hmm. of Preachers, right? But if you listen to a Jensen sermon, you will never forget his title. Mm-hmm. And the reason why is he'll say the title throughout the message. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't. You know, he does that a lot. You do yeah, that yeah, a lot. Yeah. Yep. You're so, good at yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. So a lot of the guys, you know, our mistake is we say the title and we never say it again. Yeah. Right. Yeah, but yeah. if you weave it back in, weave yeah. it, people will leave going, you know, prop, yeah. plop or whatever. It, you know, I'm just thinking of messages he's preached. Yeah. He, pre- he preaches so good. That sometimes the crowd will go crazy off of the title. Right. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He builds it up. And- That's awesome. All right, well, we got one more question. It's called our closing question. Before we get into that, let me just briefly shout out our season one partners. This is yes. the last episode of season one. So mm-hmm. next month we will kick off season two of our podcast. But uh, three partners, ARC, Association of Related Churches, mm, incredible good. organization. Shout out. Uh, plants churches all over the world. And you can go to arcchurches.com for more information about uh, partnering with them. Or maybe you're interested in planting a church. I would say that's the first place you ought to go. Yep. Uh, the next sponsor is uh, the next partner. Partner is WIF, Wesleyan Investment mm-hmm. Foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, their primary purpose and operations are providing loan assistance to churches and church-related entities mm-hmm. so they can expand their facilities, purchase land, build, renovate, or refinance current debt. And WIFWIFonline.com is their Greg website. Brooks. Yep, yeah. Greg Brooks, yep. Shout out. And then our final uh, partner for season one is Hand of Hope. Hand of Hope is the missions arm of Joyce Meyer Ministries. Ooh. Their goal is simply to help as many hurting people as they possibly can to alleviate human suffering and to help Christians grow in their faith. And joycemeyer.org slash Hand of Hope is their website. We're thankful for all three of them for helping us launch Seriously, this thank you. podcast thank you. season one. It's been a great year. Awesome. Thank you. And if you're interested in being a part of our season two partnerships, sponsorships, you can email me, parker at leadershipinblackandwhite.com. Closing question, last question of the podcast. One of the things we've <laughs> talked about on this podcast before is decision making. Hmm. What to say yes to and what to say no to. Mm-hmm. What are some of the key criteria you use when making decisions? like that what what my wife we're talk, wants we're talking about speaking opportunities <laughs> just, just or any in life yeah just i mean life. Okay. like how yeah. to filter through the wife. yes i'm gonna say yes to this invitation or no i'm not or i'm mm. gonna say yes to this meeting mm. no i'm not yeah it's a big one right i think this is the this yeah. is this is kind of the make or break for leadership mm. because i think it, you know one of the things that we have to all wrestle at some point is our people pleasing you know, inside mm. of all of us is a is a is that whole people pleasing. It's like I would just listen. Have you heard this message by Robert Morris about the Jezebel spirit? No, but you're the second person in one week this. that told me about this yeah, message. Me too. I promise you, it's the best. I could be. I told Robert I could be your agent for this message. Well, I'm going to really? go listen to it. It's the best. Is he, it on his website? It's on YouTube. Somewhere YouTube. out yeah. there. Because I promise you. I was with uh, Steve uh, and Charlotte oh, yeah. Gamble last week. 
And they were talking about this message. Really? I oh, promise yeah. you. In fact, when I was when I first walked in and listened this morning, I thought to myself, maybe you should just teach this one from Robert Morrison. Just tell him it's from Robert Morrison. You? The, yeah, I was going to teach. I could teach his his message. <laughs> <laughs> the one you did today was brilliant. Was, yeah, right? yeah, thank you, Bob. This guy, this, um, but, but one of the things that scared me out of listening to that uh, talk was uh, control and manipulation. Interesting. There is a spirit. The Jezebel spirit is a spirit. It's not a person. It's a spirit that wants to control and manipulate you. Mm. And inside of all of us is a desire to be liked. Yeah, to of be, course. To be, to be, uh, you know, I'm a achiever. I want. It's like, it's like, <laughs> this is. It comes down to small stuff. But yesterday or two days ago, we were wakeboarding, wake surfing, and these people in the boat pulled up and they want me to get on and they heard heard me preach and I want to go and perform. And Julie goes, the difference between me and you is you did that because you want them to clap for you. She goes, I don't, I don't care about anybody. Oh, and, I, and I go, yeah, I want to, I want to tell those guys <laughs> I can wake surf. <laughs> that is dri- I'm driven that way. Yeah, 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 so yeah, you yeah. have to be careful. I'm bringing it back to decision-making skills. Why didn't that- we bring Julia on the podcast? Oh, she would have killed me right there. She would have killed me right there. She would have killed me. But inside of all of us, we have to filter the motives yeah. of our life. So good. The why behind our decisions, mm-hmm. what's driving that thing? Right. Yeah. Why do I want to say yes to that? Yeah. Yep. What is the what is it that makes me feel like I have to? Mm-hmm. You don't yeah. have to. Yeah. Right. You don't have yep. to do anything. Right. My dad said you 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 have to live, die and pay taxes, bro. That's yep. it. Yep. That's what you have to do. <laughs> right. You know, so I think if we can't figure this out, I I when I was maybe about 24, 25, I was concerned with my decision-making skills, hmm. concerned, because I was feeling like, wait, 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 you, you know, this girl, should I date her? Mm-hmm. You know, this opportunity, I could feel this church is inviting me, and I, mm-hmm. I, I, I just I feel that whirlwind right. inside your soul. And I felt like even at 24, okay, let's get strong at decision-making skills, have resolve, have a backbone. Yep. And I know they say this, but your no truly is greater than your yes. Because mm. when I say no to something, I place a value on me, my time, yeah. my energy, my virtues. So, so good. Uh, to, to summarize, I think it's a big deal, decision-making skills. And I think that you learn through failure. We've all been in those situations where you go, why am I here? Why am I wasting oh, my time? Yeah. Why did I come? Oh, 100%. You talked, about, 100%. you talked about all those opportunities. You got to go to this, that, and the other. And yeah, Wayne and I talk about this a lot. Yeah, you know, It's absolutely. like it's so hard because you could be somewhere every day of the week. Easy. And every week of the year. Yep. And, um, you know, for what? You know, like, for what? For what? So it's like at the end of the day. um, It gets, I would say it gets easier, don't you think, the older you get and the more accomplished maybe or success that you. Yes. And you're like, I just don't need to do that. I don't need to be at that. At that thing, or, or do you do you think hundred percent? This guy that I was telling you about, Colin, he he says, you know, your beliefs determine your values, and your values drive your behavior. So beliefs turn into values, and values turn mm-hmm. into behavior. So my theology or my beliefs about myself, my beliefs about God and people, that, that that's how I get my values. So decisions are really easy when I know what I value. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I got my values down. Right, that drives my behavior. So I think you got to be in order to be good at decision making. You got to have your stuff together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. 
your be- beliefs Chad has never told me no anytime I've asked <laughs> him. That's right. That's you, that's right. He's never said no to me. Because I want to hang out with you. hard man to say no to. Because I want to hang out with you. Wow, man, I mean, Chad has always said yes, yes. anytime. <laughs> I would come hang out with you anytime. <laughs> well, Pastor Chad, thank you for saying yes to this podcast. Big time. Being yeah, yeah, we appreciate yeah, we it. We could have went for two hours. Yeah. Yeah. So thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks for watching. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel by searching Leadership in Black and White. Follow us on Instagram at Leadership in black and white, and we will see you next time. Let's go.